Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Sensible Hippie Podcast, and I'm your host, the Sensible Hippie. Today, we dive into a mysterious world of near-death experience with a very special guest, Robert Christopher Copez. Robert is not just an author, but a thinker who challenges us to look beyond the veil of our physical existence. His approach to NDE is unique as it is thought-provoking. By compiling quotations from over a hundred experiencers, Robert offers us a rich mosaic of perspective on NDEs where we draw our own conclusions. He speaks of a profound concept where all is everything and everything is one, a notion that emerged from his extensive study of these near-death narratives. So, sit back, open your mind, and let's journey together into this fascinating exploration of life's greatest mystery. So thank you for coming to the Sensible Hippie Podcast. Do you prefer to be called Robert or Bob? Um, I use my name, Robert Christopher Copus, for as an author, but uh, people call me Bob. So you can do that as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Uh, so I was born in America, but that's uh, South America because my parents were there. Uh, my father worked for Shell. And we moved uh, later on to Iran. Um, and then later, when I was eight, I came in, in the Netherlands. And that was the most horrible experience I had in my life because I was here in a severe winter and uh, we had, it was so cold. And I was, I thought I wound up in hell or so. So it was so cold. But I grew um, to understand that. So <laughs> it went, it became better with me. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, then I did my studies here. I live, uh, now I live in Amsterdam. Um, and I became interested in uh, near-death experiences because I read the book uh, written by Raymond Moody. Um, and in the book, there's a story about uh, a woman who saw her life review um, and in her life review, she saw what she did to others and she felt it as if she were those others, um, but there was no one judging her. And I was brought up Roman Catholic and with hell and purgatory, and uh, those were horrible things. And I always thought that's not really how it is. I, I always had my doubts about that. But if you believe everything your parents tell you. So... <laughs> so I believe that, uh, but I had my doubts. And then I, when I read that from Raymond Moody, um, I thought this is the truth. And that really triggered my interest in uh, near-death experiences. But otherwise, I, 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 I did a study in econ economics and I worked for banks. Um, and it shows you that even economists can be uh, spiritually oriented. <laughs> Yes. Um, I found your book very interesting. It's um, it's very unique in its approach. Um, I like how you explore the near-death experience and the reminiscence of the expressionist, impressionist style of Monet, um, as yes. highlighted by your book cover. Um, and just as Monet's painting offers impressions rather than detailed representation, your book represents the same thing with collages of hundreds of individuals experiences and you allow the readers to come to their own impressions of NDE. So I really appreciated that. Um, Thank you. In your content, you frequently discuss the idea of all is everything and everything is one. Yes. Could you elaborate on that concept? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, you know, at the point that I wanted to write this book uh, in a way that people come to their own conclusion by reading all these quotes from NDEers, because 
you know, I, I always picture it as um, if you're here on the Dam Square in Amsterdam and you look out on the palace that's built there uh, in our um, uh, main period that we were so wealthy 350 years ago, you look at the facade, you only see the facade and you even then you don't see everything because you can't see the sides, you can't see the, the top part, you can't see the back side, you can't see the interior. You need more points of view. The same with near-death experiences. If you have seen one or if you've read one or have spoken to one person with an NDE, you don't get the picture. You really need to have more points of view because not one NDE is the same as another. So they are all different. Uh, and that's a problem, but it's also nice. So that's why I wanted to give as many um, interesting points of views from a selected number of uh, NDEers. And that will give people um, some kind of image of what it is. That's also the name of the book, image, uh, um, Impressions of Near-Death Experiences. So I leave it up to the, the, the readers to come to their own conclusion. Now, I must to admit that I forgot the, your actual question, but I thought this was in, important to express as well. Yes. Um, did you yourself have a ND experience or did you just uh, no. do this research only? Yeah, the, the point is that um, if uh, I, I don't think I have had an NDE, some Someone at a conference of IONS told me that she uh, saw that I had an NDE um, as a child, but I can't remember. There's, although there is one moment in my life in, in Iran that, um, that I almost suffocated. So maybe then was the moment that I could have had an NDE, but I can't remember it. Um, but I, I always say to people, it's it's better for me not to have had my own NDE because then that would be my norm. Uh, I would see that as the main NDE and I wouldn't have been interested in so many other NDEs and I would never have been writing this book. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I didn't have an NDE, but it's really, it's a, a subject that, that is so important uh, to me. It's, it's something that's, uh, that I was so interested in when I read the book by Raymond Moody that I started uh, doing that. And actually, your question before was about the oneness, I remember. Yeah, and that's, you know, if um, I leave it up to the readers to come up to their own conclusion, but if you'd ask me what my conclusions are, uh, I can tell you they are two words. Uh, so the first word is love. And that's because it's said over and over again in all these NDEs, not only love, but unconditional kind of love. It's, it's, it's the unconditional love that's, that's reported so often. And the other thing that's uh, reported also often is the oneness that we are all, some people say it's, it's that we are interconnected, very closely interconnected to each other and to nature, but others, take it a step further and they they say it's not only that we are interconnected we are one or, or even we are god if if you want to say it like that it's just the quotes that i repeat from nde years um so and people really need to understand or think about what what that actually means uh, actually both words, so unconditional love, but also oneness. The oneness means that you are also the other, and that really comes out of uh, life reviews. Uh, for instance, if, if you read or hear people talk about their life review, it's often that they, um, they experience what they've done to others or for others, so either nice or less nice, uh, as if they are the others. So it means that there is no division or no, no difference between you and me, um, because you are for a moment, you are the others and you feel what you've done to them. Uh, and that's very direct. 
And how is that possible? It is only possible if we are really one whole. And the other word is the unconditional love. And I always ask people in talks that I give um, to really understand what the, the word unconditional means. Uh, unconditional is really, it means without condition. Uh, so <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color skin you have, how rich you are, if you're uh, poor or, or wealthy, or uh, if you are an atheist or a Christian or an, um, a, a Muslim, it doesn't matter. Those things are no, uh, they, don't, they don't make you not loved. You are loved always in all cases, even even if you have done horrible things. Um, and I, I can tell you the story about Damien Brinkley. Um, Damien Brinkley is a, a guy who wrote, wrote a book together with Paul Perry uh, about his life, about Damien's life. And Damien says of his, himself that he was a horrible person because as a child he was bullying children in school and um, stealing their bikes and was in countless fights. And then later on he became, um, uh, he, he went working for an American organization that went uh, abroad to, uh, to kill uh, adversaries, so people that were not in, um, in unison with uh, the U.S. government uh, so, and one time he killed off a whole hotel with uh, 50 people in it just to take out one person. Uh, and he, when he was in his life review, uh, he saw whatever he did to others as if he were those others. And he felt the pain on behalf of the, the people that he killed, um, but also the people that were left behind, like the women of these guys, because they were mainly guys, I suppose. Uh, and the children uh, of these guys, uh, they they had to go on without their dad and without their uh, their husband, uh, and how that felt. And he said that was horrible. That was the most horrible experience I had in my life. Nevertheless, he had a wonderful experience. He had, he was loved beyond. Uh, imagination beyond his wildest dreams. There was unconditional love also for him, even though he did these things. So that's those two things, like unconditional love and um, oneness. Uh, those would be my my conclusions based on uh, on these quotes that are in my book. Wow, that's incredible. So this person that committed this atrocities he had a near-death experience. What Do you know what happened to him? He uh, had his near-death experience because he was phoning um, on a landline and there was a, a storm and uh, lightning struck uh, uh, some wires outside his house, but it went into his house and he, uh, he was blown away. Um, and then... And then he had his near-death experience, and that that was uh, a life-changing. And that's something you hear from so many people. Uh, people that have had an NDE change thoroughly. Uh, they are not the same person as before because they have seen um, that life continues, that life is important, and uh, that uh, love is important because that's that's the building block, so to speak, of everything. And they understand that they need to, well, they want to change their lives anyway. Uh, they become less interested in money, less interested in, uh, in power, uh, more interested in relations with family, with friends, uh, and yeah, money is is nice to go around, but it's not something they want to to get so much from. Um, but it's just enough to to go by, or it's not important for them. Um, and and there are a lot of uh, other after effects, but they know also that um, life continues. There's no death, no f no death in the sense that nothing happens after you die. It continues. Did these people ever say they seen 
God or seen heaven or hell? Because I know Kathy mentioned that she was in hell and then in heaven. Yes. Yeah, Kathy's story is really remarkable. And uh, there are others uh, that have had similar stories. Um, so there are distressing NDEs. Kathy had a really distressing NDE and she wrote a book about it. It's very, it's so brave of her to have done that as she's really a wonderful and remarkable woman too. And her book is called The uh, Misfit in Hell uh, to Have an Expert. I have to look at it every time because it's, it's a, I find it a complicated uh, title, but it's, it's actually what it is. She said she went to this hellish environment um but she came out of it uh, and what you see is that many uh, people with a distressing nde uh come out of it um we must say first that the number of uh distressing ndes is a really minority it's like five uh, percent or maybe more some some people come to ten percent there's a, a lot of guesses but you you can't really know because people who've had such an experience don't go around saying that they had such an experience but there is very important research done on these uh, experiences by Nancy Evans Bush and I want to mention that because the what people usually will think is that uh, people who have had a distressing NDE would have been very bad. And people that have blissful NDEs will have done things right. And that's a very Christian, Judo-Christian uh, um, thought. Uh, so you will be punished when you have been bad and you will be uh, having nice things if you have been good. But that's not the way it is. Like I just told you the story about uh, Daniel Brinkley. He was a... Uh, you could call him perhaps as a bad person, killing off so many people, also innocent bystanders. Uh, but yet, nevertheless, he had a blissful NDE. And Kathy, Kathy is a, is a normal, common woman, nice woman, but she is nothing different than many other women. She didn't, she certainly didn't, blow up a hotel with 50 people in it <laughs> so um but that shows you and there are more, many more examples it shows you that this conclusion by nancy evans bush is that you cannot say that uh, bad people will have a, a, a distressing nde and good people have a, um, a blissful one apart from the idea that you can't really define what's good and bad it's it's also culturally de dependent uh, but she comes, she says then you need to have an other explanation for why people have had an, uh, a distressing NDE. And the, her theory is, and I think she is right, is that um, once you are starting to have an NDE and you're not, you're not really all the way dead, uh, that you, that things from your uh, collective conscious can pop up or things from your own history uh, can pop up. Now, Kathy later tells us that um, she had her distressing NDE because of the, the way she was pre-programmed by the Catholic Church. That's what she says. And I, I think that's, so, to some extent, it's true because she had her judgments on prostitution, for instance, and judgments on people with AIDS and what did she get in her distressing NDE? Those two things and many more, but these two things stood out. And um, it's because of her own fears that she had these things pop up. Uh, but I'm absolutely sure that uh, when people die and really die and don't come back again, I mean, not in this body of theirs, that they will eventually go to this wonderful area, this wonderful world with full of light and unconditional love. And, and to, to mention a few other quotes to, to end on a positive note there, there are also NDEers that explicitly say that. 
they, there is uh, one in the year, Chris Carlson, wonderful guy living uh, somewhere uh, in, in mid of the US. He said uh, it was explicitly told to him that there is no purgatory and no hell. And another uh, person, also a man, was uh, he said, there is no hell, we all go home. And home being this wonderful uh, place with the, the light and the unconditional love. So that's that's what I believe too. It's it's just the your own fears, uh, your own history, uh, but maybe also the collective conscious. You know the 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 theme that uh, Carl uh, uh, Jung was talking about. Uh, that was um, we have a collective conscious that we can draw from and those images might pop up as well. So uh, there has to be an other explanation, that's the, the message, than thinking that bad people will have uh, distressful MDs. That's not the way it is. Yes. And have you found any significant differences in near-death experience across cultures or religions? Do they? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. Um, the thing that sticks or that's the same in all cultures is the love and the feeling of oneness. That's why I think those two things are, um, yeah, the, the main things, I would say. But uh, there are cultural differences, um, and especially in religious uh, way, because in, in Western cultures, we will, you will, mainly here that people see Jesus um, uh, and in other cultures uh, you can you can hear that they have seen other deities or, or Mohammed who is not a deity or, or Buddha is not a deity either in those religions they, they are not deities but um, so uh, th that is that is a difference yeah it's because you can imagine that if you are in another culture, what is your reference? The whole thing is, the idea is that NDEs are so totally different from the world that we are in here. It's, it's uh, another dimension. You cannot understand what it is to be in, an, in a uh, one more dimension. That's impossible. You do do this trick uh, with yourself with uh, flat people, and then think of them coming into our three D world, looking at us and seeing height and a volume. They don't know that in their in their world. And if they go back, how can they explain that we have volume here? So just as a, as an experiment in your head. Of course, there's no flat people around, but just as an experiment. experiment. But uh, the other world is so different, and it's people tell us there are no words enough to explain what it is. Uh, there are no concepts on Earth to use to explain what they have seen. So how would you then explain it to others? you will use the reference that you have and your reference is culturally different. We in the West have different uh, reference points than people in the Middle East or in, in Asia or South America or Africa. That's, that's the whole thing. Yeah, true. <clears throat> is there a, um, a connection between NDE and unexplained phenomena such as out-of-body experience or mystical experience because they sound so similar. You know, the, the, um, um, an NDE, of course, starts with an out-of-body experience. And sometimes it goes so quick that people don't understand they have been out of their body and they are immediately in this other uh, realm. Um, but so it starts with an out of body experience, and there there are also people have to understand. Your listeners need to understand also that NDEs. The word is difficult because it gives the impression that you can only have that when you are 
near to death. And that's not the case. That's why they came up with other words like spiritually transformative experiences or uh, even uh, related experiences. But, you know, again, it's difficult to, um, to put words on an NDE. And what we know now is that people can also have an NDE when they are in a, a psychological uh, crisis, in an existential crisis. There are many stories about people who have similar experiences than uh, as people that are um, in their near-death experience because of their uh, cardiac arrest or uh, an accident. So a psychological crisis can trigger an NDE as well. And sometimes people also have an NDE when they when they pray very uh, very deeply or, or how do you say that or when they meditate very intensely uh, and I've heard a few stories of people who had an NDE just spontaneously that's really it's something I cannot understand how that would work but I spoken to one of those uh, and I believe him and he had a very complete NDE uh, uh, just sitting on a beach talking to a a woman um, and that was I think it was in India um, and and he had a an overview of his life he had a view of the world from outer space he had a meeting with the light uh, or with God or this supreme one it's difficult to to find a word for for this entity um, but yeah that that's the case Another interesting thing maybe is also to say to people who don't believe in NDEs, that's fine with me, but uh, there is circumstantial evidence that near-death experiences are real. And these are called vertical experiences. Um, and vertical experiences is a technical word to just uh, mention that they are um, verifiable out-of-body experiences. Um, just to give you an example, or first theoretically, it's when someone leaves his or her body um, uh, and can roam around the place where the body is, like in a hospital, for instance, and then fly away and, and, and as an example, find in the uh, ledge of the hospital a shoe and then coming back again, have, having the NDE and coming back again into the, the body and then telling an, a nurse, I saw a shoe in the, in the ledge of the uh, hospital. Can you try to find it? And she did find it. This is an ex, ex, uh, actually, uh, sorry, an actual uh, example. And there is a book published also by IONS. My book was also published by IONS. And it's called the um, the self does not die. That's the the book with hundreds of these experiences. Really interesting, and it shows you circumstantial evidence that NDEs are real. And that you know, I, I believe that if people really would understand that these uh, well these vertical ex, uh, ex experiences are real, that they will understand that the NDEs are real and then start understanding what is the message of NDE. So that's unconditional love and uh, unity, oneness. And then they will hopefully change their lives and be more loving towards each other. And that's, I believe in that that will come. It will take some time, but it, it's something that I hope for because the world needs to change. Yeah. We need to be nicer to nature and to yes. each each other <laughs> and animals. <Definitely>. Yes. <clears throat> that was um was one of my questions. What would you say to someone who is skeptical about uh, this near death experience? Because there is a lot of people who don't believe, but there are proof. Yes. Yeah, that's I know that there's um a lot of I you know, my there's even friends uh that I have that uh think of me well this nice but strange guy that <laughs> is interested in near death experiences. Um what I do what I say is that I point them to research. 
Um, there's wonderful research also in the uh, started in the Netherlands, uh, prospective research uh, that shows you that um, uh, this has nothing to do with the lack of oxygen in the brains or some substances that are created in a dying brain. Uh, that was a study done in the Netherlands uh, by a group of people um, and they they looked at um, all the patients that came into the hospital um, with a cardiac arrest and that was done for a 10-year study uh, in 13 hospitals in the Netherlands and they interviewed uh, 344 people so that's the database and in that database they found uh, 62 people that had an uh, something that seemed like an NDE now then you have two groups a group that doesn't have the NDE and the group that has the NDE and you can compare them and see if there are differences because if there are differences then that might trigger the NDE there were no differences. Both groups, of course, had a lack of oxygen. Both groups were dying. So they had all these uh, things going on in their brains uh, that could trigger uh, an NDE. Um, but one group didn't and the other did. So, And there's more of, of these kind of uh, things that were ruled out. So that's a very important research and that can be repeated again. And that was repeated in the United States in Britain with the same conclusions but it's difficult to do research on NDEs you cannot just kill off a person and then bring them back again <laughs> just before they really die that would be unethical you cannot do that so it's you're you're bound to use stories you have to but that means you have to scrutinize these stories you have to verify them you have to listen to the stories and do interviews um, and that's being done that's, and the, all these stories that that are in this book, the self does not die. They they show uh, circumstantial evidence that your consciousness can uh, exist outside your body. It doesn't need your body. It can go in other places. It can go uh, in other rooms and f uh, find things there and see things there and come back again. Uh, but it doesn't show, it doesn't, um, still doesn't prove that this otherworldly uh, area uh, exists. Um, but if your consciousness can roam around and be separate from your body, and these people also tell these stories about this uh, wonderful other world, then why wouldn't that be true? So it gives some kind of evidence. Yeah, and real skeptics, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I try to talk to them, but if they uh, refute all these things, then I, I will not. Um, I don't put my time in it anymore. It's like talking to uh, someone who believes the Earth is flat. So, yeah. Uh, that's fine with me. You can continue believing that, but it's. Uh, I will do other things. There's so many nice things to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> are there any practical applications or lessons that people who haven't had a NDE can learn from your research? Yes. Uh, what I would say is that um, you know you don't need to have an NDE yourself to. Um, understand that these hopeful experiences give a, a wonderful view, a different view on, on the world we are living in than if you didn't have these stories. Um, because one thing is that um, what you do to someone else you actually do to yourself and that comes out of life reviews life reviews are uh, actually what they are reviews of your life um, and it shows you what you did to others but you can feel it in a very direct way by feeling it as if you are the other um, so if you really 
know that you will feel what you've done to others as if you are the other, how will you go about what will you do if you have the choice? Will you still go ahead and uh, uh, cheat money uh, out of people uh, or uh, tease them, bully them? Um, the idea is that that it's it would be nicer if you did nice things to others because you will also feel that. You will feel more happy with nice things you do to others than with less nice things. And nevertheless, there is no judgment. That's the interesting thing there. In I started talking about my upbringing as a Roman Catholic with hell and purgatory. So there's a judgment uh, that you will find it also in uh, um, uh, Judaism uh, teachings and in Islam. But the, uh, the real thing that comes out of NDEs is there is no judgment. There's no one judging you. Uh, there's no hell to be put in. Um, you are part of this whole thing. You're, you're part of God or as the, the oneness. So um, there cannot be a separate place uh, like hell. Yeah, I think you mentioned in your book that everyone will go to heaven. Everyone sees heaven. Well, that's that's what people say. That's not what I say. I just repeat. I I, I give quotes of people, uh, and and they say these things that there is no, there is no hell. Uh, there's only heaven, uh, or yeah, heaven is not the right word, perhaps, but it's this wonderful place with unconditional love. Uh, there is so often is being uh, used the word home. We all go home, we go home to this place. That's where we come from, That where we are now. You're sitting in your home, that's not your real home. Your real home is somewhere else. Um, and you can't see it now, but it's, it's not this place that you're sitting in. It's Could be more beautiful. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Could you share a few impactful near-death experience that stayed with you over the years with your research? Yes, I, I, can I give you two, two that will stand out? There's um, one, um, a, a woman who um, um, had her NDE, and you have to understand, if you, if you have your NDE, people say you get so much information there. There's so much to see. It's, it's everything, and you can see it all at once. If you have a question, you the answer is there immediately. Um, now she had to go back to her body. She had to go back to life. And she wanted to go back. Um, sometimes people don't want to go back. And they are gently reasoned back into their uh, life. But she really wanted to go back. And she thought, I will never be able to uh, uh, remember all this information. Uh, but I will... Uh, think of one line that will say it all uh, and uh, when I come back in my body I will remember that line and then I know how it is and that line is uh, all is everything and everything is one and that's the line that you also mentioned at the start all is everything and everything is one and I love that sentence because it it that's how uh, she saw it and that's also something that shows you what uh, what this other worldly place is. It's one. We're all one. Also, this earth belongs to that. And the other story is about um, a little girl, Christina, who was... Um, sometimes NDEs don't start with a very nice... in a very nice way. And, and, and this one started with... An, um, she was assaulted by two men. Uh, they took her away. They tried to drown her. And at one point, she was with her head under the water, facing upwards and looking through the water and seeing the sun. And at the same time, she was hovering above the scene and looking down and seeing these two guys with her body. Uh, and then her father coming to rescue her. 
Um, and she was rescued, of course. Uh, she doesn't know how it was, but she remembered she had her NDE. And then uh, at the end of the tunnel she flew through, there was this uh, elderly uh, person. Uh, she first thought it was Santa Claus, but then <laughs> she, she thought, no, it, it, there's only one person that can uh, be who I saw, and that's God. So uh, I had a conversation with God. And God had a, uh, said, you have to go back to earth, uh, but life is easy. It, uh, I can give you a recipe for it. It's very easy. It's uh, with only four ingredients. And the four ingredients are love, be loved, and just be and experience life. And it sounds so easy. But if you come to think of it, it's it's something you have to work on, like love and be loved. Also be loved. Uh, it, it means that you have to allow other people to do something for you, uh, to let them help you or to whatever it is that you have to allow someone else to do something. And love is also an action. You have to do something to love others. So it's, it's two ways. And then to be and experience life, that's very passive. You can, you can do that by just sitting in your chair. But that's also, it's kind of magical because it means that life is important. We need to experience it. We need to just go through it with all our problems, even the problems, if you look back on them. That's how I understand it from NDEers. If you look back on your problems, uh, they are there for a reason. It's, you have to try to go through them. And, and uh, you, if you go through them, you will be so happy that you did or that you just uh, experienced them just experiencing life is something that I understand is so important. Life is actually a gift. and we, It's something that we have to cherish, even if you are in the biggest, uh, I wouldn't want to <laughs> mention the word, but the biggest problems that you are in. Um, I understand that it's it's difficult for people to go through their problems or, or if you I like what's happening in war is horrible. Uh, but and I don't know how to explain it by what I understand is that it's important that people experience life. Yeah. And when these people had their um, NDE from what you've gathered, they had no pain, no fear? Yes. If people have an NDE, the moment they are out of their body, the pain ends, uh, fear ends, everything ends. You just feel a wonderful feeling of peace and tranquility. Uh, there is a, also a quote of um, uh, a woman who... Um, let me try to find it. Uh, it's it's um, it's a very nice uh, quote. First, she says, "Leaving the body was so nice because I didn't have any uh, emotions or experiences, no pain, nothing. It just left everything." And then she, I, I'll just quote it because it's such a nice quote. Um, and she said, "I went to this place where I no longer exist as a separate entity." It's like a drop in the ocean. So it is more than just leaving your body. It's you're totally dissolved. So her consciousness is dissolved. That's what she says then. There is no separate consciousness. There is a vastness and you're dissolved in whatever words we use for the Godhead. So it means that you, that you sort of, um, yeah, you, you're, Consciousness, what I said before, is separated from your body, and that gives you such a nice feeling because you don't have pain, and no anxiety, no 
none of these emotions. Uh, but if you go further, you sort of dissolve into this oneness. Now, I don't know how that works. It's just uh, a quote, uh, one of the many quotes that, that shows you that we are uh, actually one. Yeah, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and I know with, uh, like with Kathy, she did not want to come back. She actually, she, she can't wait to, I know it sounds terrible to die again, but she can't wait to go back to where she was yeah. previously. D do you, do you hear the same from a lot of other people? Yes, absolutely. You know, people who have had an NDE have a kind of a homesickness. And again, this word home, it's, that's where they come from. They know they, they came from there. That's where they originated from. That's the source. And that's their home. And also, not only their home, but it's also our home, your home, my home, the listener's home. And they once they had their NDE, uh, it's so difficult for them to adapt to life. At first, they... they they don't understand what they went through. They know it was such a nice thing. They want to go back. Um, some people even contemplate doing it themselves to go back again. But then they understand that's not the way it should go because you have to, life is there for a purpose. You wouldn't be here if you don't have a purpose. Um, so the homesickness remains. Uh, that's what Kathy said, actually, that not her words, but mine words, but that's what she describes. She would like to go back again. But she knows, like all the others, um, or many of the others, they, she, they knows, she knows that um, she needs to do here some task or so. She needs, there is something for her that she needs to finish first. And then when it's time, she can go back and then she will be in a wonderful place like anyone else. Is that all the, I guess, the message that these NDEers have when they are not, I don't say not allowed to go where they have to go right now, but they're told that you have maybe some kind of thing that you have to finish before yes. you can come back there there is a reason why you're on earth and you need to fulfill that yes there are even stories of people um sometimes people are given a choice um, uh, they, when they say i don't want to go back i want to stay here in this wonderful place then it's being reasoned that they have to go back. There's a reason for their being on earth. And then uh, sometimes they are shown why they were on earth and then they decide to go back. And sometimes uh, I also, and it's also in my book, there are a few of these stories, that people are being told, well, if you want to stay here, that's all right. But eventually you'll have to go back again to earth in a similar kind of life, experiencing the similar kind of problems, uh, because that's apparently something you need to go through. I don't know how that works. I'm just quoting the people that say these things. So apparently um, some people have a choice, but they are reasoned, reasoned into going back again. And of course, I only speak to the people that have come back again. <laughs> I didn't speak to the people that decided to stay and had to come back in another life uh, because they have died completely. You can't talk to completely dead people. Um, so I, the, the stories are those of, of the people that have come back again and decided, okay, it's good to go through this. And they came through it. I mean, these horrible Things that, that some of these people have experienced are changed. Um, and because there's always uh, help for everyone. Uh, that's another thing that I understand. You're not in this alone. Even if you're in the biggest problems, um, 
and you don't see a way out, there is always help. There's always unconditional love for you. You have no idea uh, how you are being loved. Um, there's actually a woman who was in a horrible situation and she um, was told by Jesus, uh, and again, because she believed in Jesus, that's what, what she saw. Uh, Jesus said to her, uh, uh, don't, uh, um, what was it again? Don't think you're not loved. You're loved, uh, no, don't waste your life thinking you're not loved. And then she thought, okay, there's, apparently there's a life that I can waste. Yes. This life you have, use it. Just go through your problems. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> then you haven't wasted your life. Uh, don't waste your life thinking you're not loved. You are, everyone is loved beyond our wildest dreams. That's the message. And it's not for me, but it's from so many Andy ears. I just repeat what they say in my book. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so what do you hope will be the legacy of your work and what are your next step in this field? Um, well, first I I'd like to bring this idea uh, or more to the forefront. I, I think I think it's so important for people who have had a near-death experience to vocalize uh, what they have gone through. They, they have to, well, I don't tell they have to, uh, but I would ask them to uh, be open about it. Because um, in their surrounding, so the people they know, it would be good for them to understand that there is someone in their vicinity that have had such an experience. Uh, because people think they don't know people with NDEs, but there are people in their vicinity with NDEs. This is 5% or so of the population. That's one out of 20. So if you know more than 20 people, there's statistically there's one person that has an NDE, has had an NDE. Now, I think when people are more open about it, uh, you can... Um, submit your experiences to websites like IONS or NDERF, or in Europe you have Ponto3. Um, the more there are, the more veridical observations there will also be, uh, and the better it is for the general public to, to get to know these experiences. Because I really believe that if more people in um, in the Middle East, where there are conflicts, or in Ukraine, would really, and in Russia, and you name it, in your in your own capital, if people would understand what it is, what the real thing is, what is so important about life, and that's being loving to each other, and understanding that we are one then people will change. It is a zero-sum game. It's, if I do something to you, I also do it to myself. Maybe not directly, but I will feel it in my life review, but I've, I will feel also that I have harmed whole of universe when I do something terrible to you or when I do something nasty to you. It will hurt universe and with universe it hurts myself so it's a zero-sum game that's what i believe and if people in conflict areas would understand that then they will not be bombing places or terrorizing others <laughs> you just fit in for yourself but you can get examples uh, from the news everywhere where do you find your um, NDEers on those websites? Where, where they give their experience? Um, I, I'm um, a member of a few organizations, 
in the Netherlands there is uh, an organization like uh, IONS, that's the International Organization for Near-Death Studies, uh, uh, the International Association, I have to say, for Near-Death Studies, IONS. It has a website, IONS.org. Um, very interesting. There's, and they have conferences uh, where you can meet people. Uh, so over the last few decades, I've met so many people, and that's why I'm, I was able to write this book with quotes from these people. And there are books written by the NDEers. Uh, they are very interesting. There are very famous NDEers, like Ibn Alexander or Anita Marjani, both wonderful NDEs, very inspiring, but also other NDEers uh, with their books, less uh, uh, well-known, similarly inspiring. I, I have read a lot of those books and I use quotes from them with their permissions. So that's how I came to them. And again, there is also these websites that I mentioned, uh, like IONS, uh, they have an archive with uh, uh, experiences and also NDERF, so that's the uh, neardeathexperienceresearchfund.org. Uh, that's another one, yeah. People can, okay. if they go on the internet, they can find a lot of, uh, of uh, experiences. But the thing with experiences is the whole story. And what I did is I took quotes from a very interesting quotes or uh, very outstanding quotes from these books uh, and from the internet, and I put them together in this book. So it's it's a compilation of very interesting uh, NDEs. Actually, I always say it's a, it's my best book on NDEs, not because I wrote it, but because uh, of the NDEs that they NDEs that have their quotes in it. It's their quotes. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for your time today. Um, and before you leave, though, where can the audience find your work? and um, maybe contact you? Yeah, that's an, inter that's an important question. My book is uh, can be bought at um, Amazon, uh, amazon.com. It's called Impressions of Near-Death Experiences. And people can always find my website, and that's called uh, Bob Copus, uh, C-O-P-P-E-S, uh, and Bob, just B-O-B, -B, of course, dot com. And there's a file that people can fill out if they have questions and I will always answer. It may take a few days, but I always answer every question. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And actually you have more than one book. You have several books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I had a, I've, uh, one of the first books I wrote was um, uh, the comparison between uh, religions and I use five major religions and NDEs, uh, but that was more that I was interested in those myself. So it took a long uh, time, a few years to study the religions and then to do the comparison and that got out of hand. It was kind of a hobby that got out of hand. So I, I thought, why not just write a book about it? So that's what I did. Uh, and the other book was uh, Messages from the Light. Uh, it was... Um, based also also on the financial crisis a little bit because i i met a woman who had seen in her nde in the 80s uh, that this period would start somewhere and she she was not an economist so she didn't understand anything of it and there was no label of time uh, on the on the experience but once it started um she told me this is the time i feel it because it is uh, the same tension that I had in my NDE is now in the world. And I said, no, it's all going to be okay. And I didn't believe her. And then a few months later, everything started really rolling with the, uh, uh, with Freddie Mac and uh, um, Fannie Mae falling apart and uh, AIG and everything and Lehman Brothers. That was all in the same month. And then I thought, her, she was right. She has seen it. And that's a kind of a radical story as well, because she had seen it in the 80s. She didn't understand it. And she, and she told me before the event. And it, 
it really went as she said. Did you ever get to tell her that? Yes, yes. Did you? Oh, good. Yeah, because it, it right. gives the impression that we are, uh, because the financial crisis was based on a self, um, everything for myself, uh, self-interest. Uh, my own interest is the, the most important interest there is. I don't care about you. I just uh, want to have more money, 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 money. And that's not how it, it feels in after you, have, after you have had an NDE. You are more um, conscious of the fact that we are all in this together. So if I do something to you, I actually do it to myself. So the financial crisis was based on so many self so much self-interest that it had to find its way out and that's this crash of the market that affected so many people not only the people who did it but also other people that had nothing to do with the whole thing um, yeah. that's incredible i'm glad you got to tell her that she was right <laughs> yes. Well, she noted herself because once it started, she thought, yeah, that's true. This is what I saw. And then that's I, incredible. she couldn't, of course, she reads newspapers as well. She said it will affect so many people. And she said that before it started, she said so many countries and so many people in all these countries will be affected by this. And I said, no, it's all going to be okay. That was after the rescue of Bear Stearns. I thought the party is going on. I was working at the Dutch Central Bank and I thought, well, this is it's okay. She's just, I don't know where she got that from. <laughs> and she was right after all. Wow, it's so incredible. Funny. I wonder, does she have anything else to say about the future? Uh, that was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, I've spoken to um, a woman who had seen the, the corona crisis. But, you know, the thing is, um, you don't see it in, in words that we understand. It's, it comes in feelings. So when, there is, um, when you have a few of the future, it comes in feelings. And you don't know how to express those feelings in words when you're back here. The thing is, that you understand when it's there that that was what you saw. Uh, so the, the corona crisis was something we didn't understand. We didn't know what it was before it hit us. Um, so you, these people cannot put their words on it. They can say there is going to be an illness, yes. She said it was going to be severe, really. It will affect a lot of people. Um, but yeah, you still don't know enough until it starts. That's incredible. Wow. Well, thank you again, Bob. I thank you for having me on your, on your show. It's really nice to be here. And it's so interesting that I'm in Amsterdam and you're in Hawaii and we can still I talk know. to each other as if we're next door. <laughs> I know, <laughs> exactly. And if you write another book, or if you want to come back on, please reach out to me. Don't be a stranger. I was nice. A friend now. I will, we are not strangers anymore. Thank you very yes. much for the invitation. I will certainly do Thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. And that brings us to an end of another episode of the Sensible Hippie Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Robert Christopher Copes, for joining us today and sharing his profound insights on the world of near-death experiences. His perspective challenges us to think deeply about life, death, and the interconnectedness of all things. To my listeners, I hope today's conversation has opened new doors of understanding and curiosity. If you've enjoyed this episode, Please leave me a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and share it with others who might find value in these discussions. Your support is what keeps this podcast thriving. So let's continue to explore truths, challenge norms, and think outside the box. Until the next time, keep embracing the journey and stay sensible. Bye!
The cherry on top of your broken dreams I didn't ask you for anything But you're acting like I did I can feel it when you walk around You see a light, try to put it out Do I remind you that you never found Exactly what you need? Cycles repeating Cycles repeating 